Brushing your, teeth, brushing your teeth and then taking a bite or sip of anything is kind of a bad Kratom's idea. the worst. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> we up in here. Episode 392. We're doing Man, it. we're getting there. We really are. Four, eight more weeks and we're gonna well eight more episodes yeah so we're, we're not going <laughs> we're not doing I, every week believe anymore. me we try to do every week it's just but we all have our things sometimes things don't work it's just like anything else right sometimes uh weekends like i'll be playing disc golf all day and i've been out in the sun and i just don't fucking feel like no, doing i mean it. and i'll be like just like i don't know don't feel like doing it either. <laughs> like I'll be doing stuff and like, yeah. you know, it's understandable. It's tough. It'd be different if we were getting paid. Right. If there was a, a way to figure out how to make that happen, but I don't know how. So <laughs> we've done everything. One way is to get lots of people to listen. Not too interested in trying that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we've got our core audience. Yeah, we got 11 people and that's fine. <laughs> I don't really need any more than that. It's probably a few hundred. Uh, um, yeah, I've been reading Fire and Blood. I forgot, yeah. like 200 and some pages into it. I've been reading at least 50 pages a clip whenever I sit down to do it. I read some yesterday. Haven't done any today. Maybe after we're done with this. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like that it's um, not dialogue heavy. Right. It's a... It's a of course, it's, that might change. It's a textbook in all, in, in all honesty. That might change later. With maybe they'll add more dialogue. I don't know. You've read it. Because um, don't the narrators change? Isn't there? Um, it's been a while since I've read that one. So. Mushroom. Like there's a jester named Mushroom that, yeah. that does part of it, which might be the one from the show. Look, he might narrate the part from the show, the yeah. show that's on TV now. Well, has the Dance of Dragons already happened in there? No. Okay. So you're, I noticed Jaharis you're, you're Jaharis and Alessane. And Allison, they're uh, they're the king and queen, and now. they're happy. Yeah, they and seem they, to be ruling. And, and they really, you know, they're brother and sister. But they, to them, it's okay. You know, yeah, it's a weird. I guess it's not weird to them in in this fictional land. Um, I'm sure it happened a lot. It's it's a big well, part it happened of that so world. much with the Habsburgs and people like that that they literally became like. I mean, like what people would expect. They became ugly and, you know, underslung jaws and, you know, just really not good to look at. Kind of hideous. Yeah. There was a king of Spain who's notorious for that. Like he was, his limbs were like really spindly, but he was had a big fat pot belly and he's, his face was all jacked up. Um, and when they, when they opened him up, like after his autopsy, his inside stank, like he would been, had been rotting from the inside out. Oh. I mean, I was just like, man, this is some fucking crazy shit. It's, uh, <clears throat> there's one passage in the book that was kind of horrifying. When uh, Which one wrote off on Balerion? Which child wrote off on Balerion, the Black Dread? It's one of Jaehaerys' nieces. It's either Rayella or the other one. I can't remember which one. But she came, like, they gone for a year. Mm. They couldn't find her. Nobody knew where she was. And she comes back on the back of Balerion and just kind of falls off of him after 
more than a year, I'd say. She went to go. Fi- she went to go in Valeria. She went to find Valeria. I think they think she? she. They think that Valerian just took her to Valeria because that's the only place he knew to go, right? Without being guided, and she wasn't a good. She wasn't a dragon rider. That was the first time she jumped on one, wasn't right. it? Yeah, I think so. So they took her to Valeria, and she came back with some sort of worms worms and hand with hands and shit inside of her that were crawling around under her skin. They said she was so hot that it almost burned to touch her. Yeah. I don't that know about terrifying. that. I don't know. Like, I, I think that she probably, I, I don't know. She, she, I don't know what to think of that one. I mean, it's, I, I wish I would have read it again before I, because like with any new t- Tad Williams or George R. R. Martin book, I fly through it because I'm so excited to read it. It takes me two or three readings to finally absorb everything. I'm actually retaining things pretty well with this one. Well, I just get so excited, I just blow through it because I know I'm going to read it again. So to me, it's just—it's almost like I'm just—I'm skimming, and then I go back and I read. You know, I've read Game of Thrones ten times. Um, Each the, of the, the first book. Um, I, I love those books so, and uh, I've read the Dragonbone Chair four or five times. I mean, it's. I might want to see what you think of those once you get done with these. Once you get done with all the the Westeros stuff, it's um. I'm actually thinking about buying like the five of the main series because mm. they got them on Amazon. It's like mass market paperback for like yeah, it's just a regular box. Yeah. Like little. I do like the one that you gave me <clears throat> or letting me borrow because <clears throat> it's big. Mm-hmm. I like that. So maybe I should just. You should get, get on Thrift Books. You can find books. You can find a, a used part hardback copy. There's books for five dollars. Um, now it won't be like a collector's copy or anything yeah, like I don't that. Shit about that. Well, I don't either, really. I mean, I, I, that that book that you have is a first edition, first printing. But I want to read it. It's not just going to sit on a shelf. So as long as I keep it in good enough shape to read, I really don't care. So yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's um. It's been interesting to see, at least because uh, it's an unreliable narrator book, it's interesting to see at least somebody's take on the first, well, so far I'm like 56 years into mm-hmm. the, after the uh, I think it's conquest. what, the generation after the conquest? Yeah. <clears throat> Jaehaerys is what, uh, Aegon the first's grandson? It sounds about right. I was always fascinated by Aegon, Visenya, and Rhaenys. They were always... Visenya was a really cool character. Yeah, they draw her to where she's really hot. I don't know. I don't know what she actually She wasn't. Like. <laughs> they, they talk about how she was not... She, she wasn't She had a, like a sharp beauty or something like that. Is what I think say. she would probably... I, I think she was probably masculine. I think she was... Because they depict her as masculine. I mean, she wielded a sword. She wielded the, the, the sword Dark Sister, which is... That's the one Viserys has now, right? And the brother has no Damon. I mean, no Damon has dark has has dark sister. Okay, and uh, Viserys has Blackfire. Yeah, so okay, Blackfire was Aegon's sword, and Blackfire is becomes a bone of contention later. Whenever it's the- passed to once uh, Aegon the Unworthy gets and starts. Fucking everybody, and, and he has all these bastard children. We hated he hated his regular wife and his regular kid, so he passed Blackfire onto his bastard son, who was 
they could debate that he was going to be a better, better king. I, I don't know about that, but that didn't end up until that that saga did not end to the war till the War of the Nine Penny Kings. Once you get to the War of the Nine Penny Kings and start reading about it. It sets the stage for everything that we know in, in Game of Thrones. Tywin Lannister was there. Sir Barristan was there. Um, and that's in this book? No, no, no. Okay. That's in, that's another, the, eventually they will get into Is it, it the world of ice and fire or something like that? Yes. Okay. Well, they talk about the war of nine penny Kings. Um, I just love the way he names things because yeah. the, the War of the Nine Penny Kings is basically saying some guy said, "Well, we've got enough kings around here that are like nine pennies, which means they they come up like a penny, you know." So somebody just dubbed it, "Hey, that's good." War of the Nine Penny Kings. There we yeah. go. Um, you had Malus the Monstrous, who was the last Blackfire. So he says, "I think Varys was the black, last Blackfire." I think so too. Um, but I got a question about that. Sure. In the show, maybe he's not a. A Targaryen or a Blackfire because he was burned by Dragonfire? Or can they be burned by Dragonfire? Yeah. Targaryens. Can we make up rules as I we don't go know. I, I really don't know because some some Targaryens could be burned. Some couldn't. I think it depends on what magic they had from old Valyria that was coursing through their veins. It might have been. I don't really don't know about that. Um, I don't know. It never said that she that that a Targaryen couldn't be burned by dragon fire. Regular fire might not do anything to him, but dragon fire might be a different matter. You know, I don't think I don't think Daenerys could have stood up to a full on blast of a gout of flame from either Drogon or Balerion. They melt stones. Um, yeah, Balerion's and Balerion's flame was black, which to me I don't know how is that. You know, I, I just know. think the amount of smoke that comes pouring out of his mouth when he does that, it, that might be it. Um, I, I, I love the fact that there's these things in fantasy. I don't need an explanation. That's true. Yeah. Don't provide me an explanation because I don't need it. You know, I think that that's the best fantasy. And I, I'm glad you're starting to read these because you're starting to get what I think about fantasy. You know, this is. And this one's a good introduction because it doesn't get too fantasy E on you. It's just like, you no. know, there's dragons there. This is the history The it's I'm of. I'm a, a scholar writing this shit down. Right. And they don't have in, in Westeros and places like that. There's not a bunch of silly names like Throshkar and all. And nobody that's fucking dumb. And, and everybody who like I was watching uh, a MST3K, the other is cave dwellers and they're talking and they're watching this. It's um, Ator, this fucking old uh, Miles O'Keefe sword and sorcery piece of shit fucking movie. And that's what fantasy was mm-hmm. until people like, Tad Williams, who in turn influenced uh, George, George R. R. Martin. Germ. Germ, yeah. Um, one thing I was disappointed in, though, I, was, I watched an interview with him, and they were asking his his uh, his influences. He didn't mention Tad Williams. I was just like, well, that's bullshit. You've been quoted as saying, the reason I wrote mine is because his was so good. You know, I wanted to write that, too. So, so he's sort of like the Beach Boys to his Beatles. Well... <sighs> You know, he worked on Beauty and the Beast, the TV show. Yeah, well, he wrote it. Was awesome. it, was, it was baby. You know, he's it's it, crazy. I it actually is. liked that show when I was a kid. Well, it was extremely well written. Like nobody could doubt that it was a good show. It's just it was kind of silly and it was fanciful, you know, all that stuff. And it, you know, uh, Ron Perlman, of course, was great. Linda Hamilton was great. Um, but could have picked a hotter lady, I think. You know, whatever. Well, I'm not a Linda Hamilton guy. Yeah, I was never thought she was. I, I thought she was rather unattractive. She kind of kind of like Vicenia. Yes, that's actually would be a young, jacked Linda Hamilton would be a perfect choice for what Vicenia would look like. You know, um, Rainey's is, is beautiful. I'm trying to think of a casting that would be good for Rainey's. 
Um, um, it wouldn't have to be blonde. Need to be fair, fair skinned. Um, um, ooh, you want him to have big tits? Of course, you want him to have big tits. <laughs> well, Rainey's. Um, who's the chick? It doesn't describe as her. I who's mean, the chick that's in the Marvel movies now that was in Two Broke Girls? Oh, fucking Cat Denning. Yeah, no, she can't be. She oh, can't come be Rainey's. On. She can't be Rainey's. Rainey's has to have a voice that's very soft and very. Oh yeah, she's everything annoying. about her is very like you know womanly. You know, she was. You know, Visenya was fucking hard ass i mean like i i'm glad you finally read that scene with uh the queen of the veil and and fucking her son that was tough dude it was fucking i'd like to see rough. that like a better description of it because i forgot <clears throat> i went right by and i was like wait a second and i went back and read it again oh i'd like to see a better description of right it. um i think that he will eventually write i have my doubts he'll finish the the main part of game of thrones i have my doubts um, I don't care. That's going to leave it open for a, a, a bunch of good writers to. I think you know what I'll put it in his will. If you're a fantasy writer and you can write a good ending to my series, then you know do a competition. And then we'll run all these off, and then we'll have a. That would be a great thing to have a bunch of writers, up and coming writers and established writers, like to write. Okay, here's my here's my entry and what I think should have happened or you know would ha- would have happened. You know what I mean? That's that's a tall order. <clears throat> I think it opens up to a lot of good fan fiction. Um, I'm not a fan fiction fan per se. We said but. this past week um, that he's finishing two point of view, the book for two, two characters. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess he does one point of view at a time. I'm not sure how he does it. Uh, I, I think he probably writes them as they bleed into each other. Yeah. So he said he finished two of them. And I don't know how many there are. 40? 12. (laughs) 12 probably in the book. Yeah, probably 12 have their own point of view. (laughs) And he's always always introducing new ones. Like in in, uh, Dance with Dragons, he introduced uh, Victarion Greyjoy, which... Where'd he come from? Well, it's it's Balon and Euron's brother. By the way, I don't... I I like the show and everything, and the casting was fine. The guy they cast to play Euron Greyjoy... Fucking sucks. Candleton Greyjoy was no good. I don't care. I'm I, I'm revising my opinion of it. He is nothing like fucking Euron should have been. At least try to make him close. Euron was clean shaven, young, really handsome, really blue eye. His other eye was covered by a fucking eye patch, and he's a fucking lunatic. His his uh, ship is called Silence, and it's like because he took everybody's tongues. Well, there's that. Yeah, there's at least the threat of taking everybody's right. Tongues. And then he had the. Uh, the more, the foremast the the carving was a woman without a mouth, and they painted the deck red because all the blood that had been spilled on him. I mean, yeah. he's he's a lunatic, and he, but he's also a very charismatic lunatic. Um, I they think never they got that right. He was very charismatic. Uh, like that's debatable. I just didn't like him. Like uh, dick jokes and the finger in the bum. Like, he's <laughs> just kind of uh, when they picked him, I was just like, guys, who would we, you pick to play Euron? You can have anybody. You can have a Leonardo DiCaprio. You can have. Uh, he actually would have been a good choice. He wouldn't do it. No. But he's actually might be even a little bit too old. Euron was not old. Euron was probably in his early 30s. Um, DiCaprio could pull off early 30s, I think. Yeah. Um, now I'm racking my brain who I should, who I would think. I don't know. That's uh, I'll have to get back to that. I'm I'm not even aware of current actors. Um, mm. uh, <laughs> you know, other than. You got to think who could pull things. it off too. Like, 
I would say Chris Evans, but I don't know that he has the reach to pull that. Um, no, and it has to be a British. Has to be a British accent. I mean, it has to be a Brit. I, don't, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know that uh, I'm, Chris I'm Evans dying on that. that hill. You know, it's. I believe that people in that world should have British accents. Yeah, Matt Smith would have been a good choice for him. Then actually, Matt Smith would have been a good choice. But for he's him. got another one. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he's actually he's a bit busy with uh, yeah. being Damon fucking Targaryen, and fucking, he's fucking tremendous, and killing it, fucking killing it, tremendous. I know. I'll speak in my brother as I wish. I like how <laughs> you you may not. <laughs> like, <laughs> Good. Cor- and Corliss is a powerful man, but he's just like, you know, Damon is the most dangerous man in the realm. Chris and Cole. But I like the way Chris and Cole got, bought, uh, got him in that argument. And even he thought it was funny. You can tell he likes him. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what happens, <laughs> but I think they end up. I can't remember what happens, honestly. I think I'd like those, to read it again. Uh, Renera picked him for the king's guard right right so i think there's going to be a little bit of a thruple there maybe not romantically for all three of them but i think whenever she decides to stake her claim he's you're right Kristen cole is he's with the blacks i think not the greens there's the greens and the blacks i can't remember which which way they go um i mean there's a reason why we're getting this random king's guard rainera screen time rainies corliss daemon that's the side. That's their side. You would think that that's all the fucking heavy hitters, and it is. But on the other side, you've got like the rest of the realm lined up behind them. You know, they've got all the heavy heavy hitters in that family and surrounding that family. But the king has everybody else. And he's got literally he's got the high towers. He's got the well, the Starks as much as they're in it. Um, Rickon Stark. They're not. They're not. They're barely. We in won't it. see them no. at all. I don't think. Well, except the, for that and the one North scene. has really nothing to do with the South. <laughs> the North. Uh, I like it because even. Back then, the North was like, "Yeah, well, you can say what you want, but we're the North. We yeah, <laughs> we kind of do what we want. You don't want to fucking come up here. Well, and they, they don't send tax collectors to the North either. They just they allow the Warden of the North to take care of that. Then it's a Stark, so you know it's fucking getting done. He's I love that fact. Torin Stark, the King who knelt. That's fucking. Have you seen Have you seen that painting? Yeah, of him, of Aegon standing like this and him getting down on one knee. Have you seen it? Yeah. And it's if he fucking does, awesome. And like people were giving him shit about it. And he was like, well, if I didn't, we'd all be dead. So I just, uh, I, I like the whole thing with, uh, Heron Hall and how Heron the black and his sons were, they, they, the, the, the day they fucking finished Heron Hall is the day Aegon and his sisters landed on fucking landed on, on, uh, King's Landing. You see it. You see a stonemason just brushing his. Well, that's awesome. Good job, folks. What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? What is that? (laughs) Never seen one. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) But I like the fact that he was. He and he had a right to be defiant. Heron Hall. I don't know if they in the book if they gave you the scope of that castle. How many men it took to build it? How much material? How long it took to build it? You know all those things. It had. The room of a, of a thousand hearths. It didn't have a thousand. It probably didn't even have a hundred. But it, but it had enough that there were multiple hearths in one fucking room. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the heating bill, my god, the kit you could you could fit all of uh, Winterfell's great keep in their dining hall. I mean, you can you know it, it, that's how fucking big this fucking castle was. And they basically told Aegon and his sisters to go fuck themselves. Like, well, fire doesn't burn. And fire doesn't burn stuff. So he flew up and it fucking came down and just 
melted the fucking castle and became the world's largest fucking oven and just <laughs> baked them. I, I, I love the shit he does in that book. He's such a good fucking writer. But I'm telling you right now, this is his best work. It's the as Adventures much, of Duncan the, Egg. We were just discussing. Is that, you, is that all three books in one? It is. A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. It is The Hedge Knight, which I just finished the other night, with I think is still my favorite. Um, the Sworn Sword and The Mystery Knight. And um, there's one more of those to come, I believe. There is. He's right. He's still writing more of those because he doesn't want them to start the series, the Duncan Egg series, until he's done. Well, but he's also got a he's got a template for that because the thing that happens with Duncan Egg, the end of Duncan Egg is Summer Hall. So you know, I've heard of the disaster of that Summer Hall, where Aegon the Unlikely, who was a great king, um, he was a great king because Dunk told him how to be, taught him how to be a good man. Like took him around, and the, sto- the the story goes is that Duncan the Tall, Arlen of Pennytree, was his Sir Arlen of Pennytree, who was a hedge knight himself, died of a fever. Well, Duncan, who was his knight, right before he died, he he dubbed him and gave made a, a knight can make a knight, even a hedge knight can make a, another hedge knight. So um, he takes his 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 armor and his sword and all that stuff, and and the horses, and he's going to go enter a, a tournament at Ashford Meadow, which is this big tournament. Um, along the way, there he finds this fucking boy that was his head shaved, who's very insolent, and you know, just the the, the interchange between them is fucking beautiful. It's perfect because Dunk is always threatening to cloud him on the ear, and he never does it because yeah. he's he's a he's a other than being a a brawler and you know and a good fighter and stuff, he's a very gentle person. He's a nice person. Sir Duncan the Tall was a really good person. Um, I like how they mentioned him on the show, on the Game of Thrones show. Yeah, there, Sir Duncan the Tall, 10 pages for Sir Duncan. You know, There's a reason why they mentioned them, too. It's because they're setting a little, giving you a little seed, right. because later we're going to make a thing right. about these guys, just like with Nymeria. Right. Um, the Nymeria show, I think, will be good. The one I'm most, most anxious to see is The Adventures of Duncan Egg. Um, they're so much fun because they remind me most of Old England, where... Not it wasn't in the misty past. It was like catching up to our our, our era. So there were no more dragons and all that stuff. But the heraldry and the fun and and the times of plenty and all that stuff were there. So everybody was having a pretty decent life, as long as you weren't one of the small folk. Mm-hmm. And um, even the small folk had a because there's plenty to eat, plenty of work, all those things. So everybody's living living pretty well. They have tournaments all the time. There's no war, so there's no you know. You had knights who had never really been in wars. I mean, they might've gone and fought in Essos or whatever. Um, you know, so that whole thing happened. And then, uh, it was, it was, uh, Arian bright flame, the one who drank the, the wildfire who, who's hit this girl and starts breaking her fingers. So Sir Duncan just wades through like five men and fucking decks him. Then he kicks him. Um, and then, uh, uh, Baylor Breakspear is, you know, trying to, he's trying to get him out of it. He's like, Sir Duncan, I don't know what to do here. He's like, that's my brother's son. Maker comes up. Makar is, uh, is Amon's. Arian and and all these guys we're talking about, Arian Brightflame, uh, Daron, and um, and Egg, Aegon, are all Amon Targaryen's brothers. You know, that blows my mind. Who's the that maester. The, yeah. the maester from Game of Thrones. Yeah. He had one of some of the best lines there as he was dying. Dude, the best. Uh. Yeah, I know. That was rough. But the, my, my favorite line from him is when Jon Snow is having trouble staying. And he's just like, and he goes through that whole thing. He's just like, he's like, they, he's like, they challenged you. The gods fit, saw fit to challenge you when you were young. 
He's like, that's boy. He's like, that seems to be better than they challenged me when I was old. Said so the ruin of my house, the the destruction of my family. He said, and he said, and then the children. They drug the children out of their beds and they killed them. He's like, and and that was fucking. Cr-. And he's just fighting it back. He's so fucking angry about it. And he's 170 years old. So. Well, he's, yes, and he's the king who wasn't. Yeah, because he he denied he uh, turned he, it down. He turned it down. He said, "Give it to Egg," because he knew Egg would have been him and him and Egg are really close. You could tell because whenever he was dying, he was like Egg, Egg. Egg I, I dreamt dream. I was an old man. Yeah. You know that was so sad, dude. That's he was fucking, such a sweet dude. He was. Amon would have been a a pretty good king, but he know but he knew Aegon would have been better. So he. He had that wisdom to know I'm a wise man and I'm a smart man. That doesn't necessarily make a good king. He's like, Egg is all those things, plus he's bold. Egg was very bold. Like, yeah, he would, speak his, he, would spin, he would speak his mind. And he, I love the fact Sir Duncan trying to rein him in when they're dealing with all these people. And he's just, and the looks on his face he gets. And <laughs> some of the, the artwork in this book is great, especially when dealing with, uh, with Egg. Just some of the, the faces he makes, I'm looking for this one. It's one that always cracks. I've seen plenty of artwork uh, where he's always got like a, you know, the the faces little boys make. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. He always has something like that. There's there's the one. There's my favorite one right there. <laughs> he's just he's pissed. <laughs> you know, um, I just love the headstone is probably still my favorite one because it's got the big battle. It's got you know. Um, the saddest story in that, though, is Humphrey Harding. He's a guy who who was on the cusp, man. He was going to be this great knight. He he beat um, – who did he beat? He beat Lionel Baratheon. He beat – you know, he broke so many uh, fucking uh, lances against, like, the greatest knights of the realm and bested most of them. It was on his way. He was a young man. Then he got knocked over. Uh, Arion, right flame, fucking speared his horse, and his horse, and he fell over on his horse and broke his leg. Mm. He still has him strap him to his fucking horse so he can fight with Sir Duncan. He's like, I, he's like, as long as I can stay in the saddle, I can at least help. You know, <laughs> this is what kind of guy Humphrey Harding was. Um, Sounds like a good guy. He, and all, all the guys on uh, Dunk's side, you had um, uh, the Fossaway who was the, who painted. You know, his apple was the other apple was red, so he painted his green because he always said he's not quite ripe yet. He he was. Not a great night yet, but he was going to be a good fighter. And all Scrappy. Lionel Baratheon, um, Baylor Breakspear fought with him. Um, I, like, I just learned in this book that the Baratheon house was created from a Targaryen bastard. Yeah, Oris. Yeah, I had no idea. Oris is the one who challenged, remember I've ta- I described that battle, Argilac the Arrogant. Yeah. And was an old man. And they fought after, after Argilac had cut down like so many men as an old man. Fighting... With the rain in his face and walking up a fucking hill. And Oris was so touched by, he finally overcame him and killed him. And he was so touched and so moved by how fucking awesome Argilac was that he kept. The, the Baratheons had no standard. They had no fucking sigil. They had none of that shit. He just kept all the stuff that the Durandans had. So all the, the coat of arms and all that stuff that the Baratheons have are the Durandans. Yeah. So, um, you know. Uh, Oris was, you know, he was a, Oris was a tough guy. He was, he was a lot like in the mold of Robert and Stannis and in the book, Renly, not so much on the show. I don't, I don't like that they did that. I like the guy who played Renly fine, but I think they should have gone for it and, and made him and, sort of foppish. 
No, made him less foppish. Less, less. He's what is even foppish in that? He was just kind of. I don't know. They made him less gay than he actually was in the book, right? But also more, if that makes any sense. I do. That yeah, that does make sense. In the like book, t- he didn't give a shit. People knew he was gay. He's like, yeah. fuck you. What are you going to do? I'm Renly Baratheon, and he was this big, huge, handsome guy that fucking half the realm, half the women in the realm wouldn't have given I mean, hell. Any of the rim, women in the realm wouldn't have given a fuck if he was gay. Like I'll try to fuck you anyway. That's how pretty of a man you are. Because Sansa describes him as the handsomest man she's ever seen. She's already seen Jamie Lannister. <laughs> It's they when, couldn't have picked a better guy to play Jamie Lester. Is he? Oh, handsome he's, son of a. But bitch. he's and he's great. He's great at the role. He embodies what Jamie was. Um, this has turned into a Game of Thrones podcast. I don't give a way. fuck. I'm all because uh, it's it's sort of all I've been watching between like breakdowns and all these mm-hmm. different channels. It you said last week it was a cottage industry. There are hundreds of YouTube channels making bank. Just doing breakdowns of episodes I, or or books. You know or what I should do? Theories. You know you know what there isn't. A bunch of them discussing uh, Tad Williams' work. I should Probably make my not. I should make my own and do yeah. that. Discuss the Sithy and the world and all that stuff. Um, I won't, but you know, we can figure <laughs> it out. It would have to be on camera and all that shit. We just get uh, set up your <clears throat> set up a uh, cell phone on a mm-hmm. tripod and record into this clap, and that l- let you know how to sync the sound. Okay. We could do it. Might want I'd have to write backdrop. a show out. I yeah. mean, Might want a different backdrop than that. But. And I wouldn't even know to begin. I, I, I guess begin at the beginning. We'd start with uh, the Dragon Bone chair. and We'd have to get a, uh, a um, what are the thing, the teleprompter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> nah. God. That, the, I like Chuck Tales a lot, but sometimes it was a challenge. Um, yeah, it was tough. It was, it was tough tales. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, the scene, I'll, I'll always remember, I used to be able to point out, to, to tell what page it was in Game of Thrones, is when Ser Barristan, Renly, and a bunch of other knights come up to meet them coming south. You know, they've come up from King's Landing to greet them and, and bring them the rest of the way, and she, Sansa lays eyes on Renly, and she's like, he's the handsomest man I've ever seen. You know, it's like, and uh, and even Catelyn talks about well, he's in the room when Robert's dying, and she's just like, "My God, he looks like Robert! Like he's like Robert's ghost standing there waiting for him to die." You know, it's it was really. Who do you think the hottest dude was in in the show? Like, you got um, your you got Jamie Lannister, whatever his real name is. Um, that's a tough one, Jon Snow, Rob Stark. Because I the the way I rate that is, who would I like to look like? Um. I think a lot of women would like Sean Bean over a lot of them, especially in the, with the hair and the sword. Right, and right. Um, it I, just li- it looks like he should have lived then in those yeah, times. Yeah, he's been typecast. I mean, yeah. he was Aragorn for fuck's sake. Um, yeah. I'd have to say Jon Snow is the handsomest guy on there. Um, I don't know. Uh, or Jamie. Yeah, it's, it's a toss-up. Uh, I was uh, – I had a girlfriend when we first started watching it, um, and she – love Jamie. She didn't make it any secret that, I mean, Jamie and John. I was just like, you know, I don't look anything like either of those two. <laughs> and she's like, she would just, it's okay. And it's just like, it's, you know, TV, you know, so. Um, but uh, the, the, the whole Game of Thrones thing becoming what it's becoming, I'm both for it and again it, because both for it and again it. Um, 
I don't want it to go the Marvel route and where even I get sick of Game of Thrones stuff. Yeah. I've been reading Game of Thrones for 25 fucking years. Yeah, since like 1997 or 8. I read the first book before even the other books were out. I remember Clash of Kings in the new releases. Like, I remember that cover. I'll never forget that cover. It's got fucking Stannis sitting on the throne, you know, with this... I mean, and I remember buying sort of uh, a Storm of Swords in Ohio um, and reading it and just being that's that's the Storm of Swords is the Red Wedding. That's when the Red Wedding happens. So being blown away reading it while I was at University of Toledo and like just skipping class so I could read that book. Hmm. Um, Not that I need another reason to skip class. Um, But I just I I think he's a singular voice. I think that. People who bitch about him not getting a book done should just go fuck themselves. I think. Um, I think he'll get him done. I think that the Winds of Winter will come out sooner than we think it will. I think it'll be out within the next two years. I think he'll get him done, and <clears throat> he'll. It'll be close enough to the ending of the show, not exact, but close enough, and then they'll bring it back for season nine. You think in a few years? Yeah, but everybody's aged up. Doesn't matter. Okay. Everybody's old enough. I mean, how how much older is uh, Maisie Williams going to get? She was already pretty much full grown. Sure. They showed side tit. That wasn't um, her. I know that was CGI. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was it was her head on a yeah on a, another actress's body. Um, um, I, I think that's what they're going to do. They're, um, I would like to see where Arya. I, that's one thing I'm truly curious about. Where where Arya gets to go? What what the Western continent is going to look like? I want. I see think that he's going to rip off what I when I what I've been creating. Not that it's him. He's ripping me off. Parallel thinking. Parallel thinking that it's going to be somewhat like North America. That there's going to be Hammer Indian type people. There's going to be you know this a lot of parallels because. That's a cool thing to write, to have these cultures interact, you know. Yeah, she um, needs some some Native American types. Yeah. Um this vast continent with a with huge plains in the center of it, a a a, a low mountain range along the eastern coast, a giant mountain range that's like the continental divide, you know, all that stuff and then um you, dude, it's so much fun to create worlds. In the books, uh the Night King is not in it yet. Or probably won't be in it. There's a Night King, different guy. He was mm-hmm. a Stark, probably. Yeah. He was a uh, Lord Commander of the Night's Watch. Mm-hmm. Saw a hot zombie lady. <laughs> Mar- that is the Night King. But see, it's different. It's a different version. It is. It's it was- the Night's King. Right. Yeah. But what I was thinking for the show, everybody thinks the Night King is a Stark. Mm-hmm. They have the warging power. Is it possible that after he gets jabbed, he wargs into Bran? It's possible. Um, and that's why Bran's all weird. Like, oh, you're a man. Almost that type of shit. Yeah, like, that would be. I'm not really. Whenever uh, Mira says, is talking to Bran. Right. She's what? like, you're Brandon fucking stuck. I'm not really. He's he's everyone that's ever been yeah. in that. Um, I could see that, but... Um, I think what they should have done is done some time travel stuff where the Night King actually was Brandon. Actually was Brand. They could have done that. I mean, they, and they could have done it very easily. And I think that might be, I knew, see, the craziest thing about it is, is that 
I knew that that hold the door is what Hodor was saying. I knew that when I first read the book and he kept saying it. I was like, I think he's saying hold the door. I figured his name was Hodor, but it's Wesley. It, it is. And the reason I thought he was saying hold the door is not for any supernatural reason. I, I was saying it because I think he's always having to hold the door for people because he's a servant boy. Hold the door, hold the door. So he just says Hodor. That's what he keeps repeating. It's amazing to ha- see an assumption come to life in such epic fashion you know, that was it, dude. That, all, all that shit. Fantasy is such a massive part of my life because it's something I could escape to. Mm-hmm. And you know, these worlds I, I go into, I, I'm actually I am surprised at myself that I haven't written one because I like escaping so much that I like creating places to escape. Um, I've drawn maps. I've done you know this the Great Western Continent I was talking about with that one. My one fantasy world is a is like a a project I'm constantly thinking about and collecting things to learn to create it. Like you know, I had an area that's like Appalachia, and then I had the the giant inland sea that was like this freshwater sea with. You know, I was actually, I thought since he's writes novellas and short stories, I might just start with short stories, write short stories in that world with, with things that happen and then see, I don't have to build something more. And then whenever you want to, if you want to make them big, you can just connect all the different short stories together later into a bigger thing or just allow the garden, allow the garden to grow plant something and and allow it just to, to go. I was going to have the, the, the story I had idea lately. The, the latest story idea is have a kid fishing on that great sea and he gets towed out to sea. And then it's just like this, almost like life of pie thing where he's like, there's uh lightning and stuff and he sees below him and he sees all these fucking sea monsters, like giant squids and all that shit and cracking. Yeah. I mean, that's, and like, you know, I just don't know where to go with that. Like he, you know, he gets towed out to sea and then he, he has to be, you know, make his way back or something. I don't know. Um, Mermen help him to get back, or there'll be no non-human characters. Oh, come on! I don't want non-human characters. I I think that George R. R. Martin does it well with the Children of the Forest and giants and all that stuff. Um, I think the Tad Williams does it the best. The Sithy are a staggering fucking achievement in in in, in fantastical imagination. I mean, they are elf-like. People say they're just elves. They're not. They're not. It's for one thing, they're aliens. They came here in fucking spaceships. <laughs> I mean, I, I to that idea and the fact that he pretty much confirmed it in his latest book because here's where the ship landed. I was just like, it's up the in, ship. It's up in the mountains. <laughs> like so, you know, they talk about that and be like, well, how could it land here? It's up in the mountains. See, he keeps on alluding to it, and I know in the last book, which is coming. That they're finally going to discuss that, like, and it's not going to be sci-fi type thing. It's going to still be fantasy, but it's going to be fantasy like the closest thing I always talked about, the, the close to is Breath of the Wild with the Zelda game. It is like ships and lasers and all that stuff, but it's magic. It's just a very advanced form of magic. So these giant magical ships had to go through space to get to this place where they could live. Um, you know, I can't wait. I, I'm. I'm actually more excited for his last book than I am George R. R. Martin's Winds of Winter. That's actually a lie. Winds of Winter. I'm so fucking. Well, you got two more. You got one it. more after that, at least. At least in the main series. Yeah. And then I think a Dream of more, Spring is going to be the last one. One more Duncan Egg. Yeah. Um. One thing you can think about is George R. R. Martin was just a little bit older than you whenever Game of Thrones came out. With the first book. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, well, I, I just never I didn't feel like I was I didn't feel like I was ready. I still don't think I'm quite ready. I, I still have other things that are distracting me, like the the getting in shape thing. Like I can't release that. So I'm just I'm so committed to it now that when things become like I I did the same workout for ten months. I got way stronger. I put on seventy like forty pounds of muscle, but. I still look pretty much the same because I didn't control my diet and all that stuff, but I know I can achieve. Mm-hmm. So now if I apply that to diet and all those other things and not just lifting heavy, it's going to be a massive difference. So I'm focused on that. And once I get that done and have – it's really designed for one day. One day. And that's where I'm going. It's, it's almost like my contest day. Like this is the day I have to show up to look like this and feel like this. And then it's – then after that, you know, we'll see where we go with it. But that's what I'm this this whole year this next year I've been working on um, a lot more focus than I've ever been on anything like this. But it's not just focus; it's discipline. Focus and discipline are one thing. It's not just this crazy. I know the difference because it usually was crazy motivation. You know, we're like, I got to get this done. Now it's more like, be patient. You have to do this the right way, and we got we got to take rest days. We got to eat right. We can't have fucking cheats. You can't cheat because cheating derails you. So. You know, you really can't. I mean, I cheated whenever I was. I had one one day I would cheat, one meal. But I can't do that. I, I'm oddly enough, I'm not strong enough to do that because then it bleeds over. Um, I'm an all or nothing person, so it's just got to be that way. Um, you know, once I do that, and and then I finally can sit down and write, and you know, get notebooks and sketch out what I want to do, and you know, actually get sketchbooks and. Because drawing is a big part of it too. I'd like to draw the world and draw some of the, you know, where the people look and stuff like that. So, one of my favorite things uh, that I just found out. I mean, I knew Westeros was based on Brit, uh, British Isles, British Isles, but the wall is the wall between England and Scotland mm-hmm. to keep the Scots out. Yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> yeah. Even though it's crazy that the uh, first men. And the wildlings are the same group. Yeah. I mean, it's just the ones who decided to become civilized and the ones who didn't, you know. Um, There's some <clears throat> dispute about who actually built the wall, at least on the online communities. Like, it could have, the children of the forest could have did it. It could have been the White Walkers themselves. They made a truce with the first men and they, they built the wall together. Well, the, 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 the prevailing wisdom says that Bran the Builder, in, in conjunction with the children of the forest, Built the wall. Um, I would think that that's just an oversimplification of what actually happened. Yeah. Um, I think it was um, probably a Stark. You know, it was definitely one of the first men. It wasn't any of the Andals. So um, the Andals are kind of. They're from. You Essex, know, and you, right? well, yes, but they're. Their route there is kind of strange. They're, they're, it's almost Viking-like. Actually, who they are is the Angles. The Angles and the Saxons. That's, I mean, I like the fact that he barely changed stuff. The first man, he didn't call him. He might as well call them the Colts instead of the yeah. Celts. Uh, you know, they had bronze weapons, and they were, you know, just very Celt-like. Um, the, with even the patterns and stuff they wear and the color of their hair and all those things, the Andals are very Angle and Saxon. They're, you know, tall, uh, blonde hair, Blue eyes, you know, all that stuff. Um, steel weapons. They they had a lot of steel weapons. Um, and they were able to beat the first men. So all these those two groups interacted. I like the fact that from the reach pretty much down is 
and Alice. And mm-hmm. from the reach up, I think it's the reach, uh, is the first man. Nearly all the families in the north are, are first men. You know, the Starks, the Boltons, uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, the, the Umbers, yeah. Great John, the Small John, um, the Mormonts, the Mormonts, they're definitely first men. Um, but they call Jorah the Jorah the Andal in the show. They call everybody from West Coast Andal. Oh, okay, <laughs> Jorah the Andal. I mean, they they that's a white group of white people they were familiar with, and he probably didn't try to correct him. He's like, I'm one of the first men. They would have been like, first where? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I'm 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 pretty sure about that. That's where you know I really need to read and make sure that I think that most most of the families in the North, and I'm talking ninety nine percent. Are the first man. That's what it looks like because they're all dark hair, <laughs> super white. Yeah, they're very Celtic in yeah. their in their demeanor. Um, you have notable exceptions. You got the the Manderleys, who are an Andal family, got pushed north, and the Starks embraced them and basically gave them White Harbor, and they turned White Harbor into the biggest trading port in the north. So um, they're all fat. I like that. All the Manderley men are really fat with big walrus mustaches. That doesn't mean they can't fight. Like Wyman and this other guy, uh, his son Wendell, were both good fighters. They were just fat guys. <laughs> one of the best, <laughs> one of the best descriptions is Catelyn is talking about him. She's just like, Sir Wendell might have been the fattest man she'd ever seen if she hadn't seen her brother, his brother Wyman first. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good at that shit to get to get a good laugh out of you. you yeah, um, there's not a lot of laughing in the uh, Fire and Blood. Is Fire is, is blood. not a yeah, it's, it's, it's not a levity. Just a uh, it's just literally like a textbook. Well, so far. And the Targaryens are You haven't got to the to what they're the Dance with Dragons, have you? No. Dude, when you read it, there is nothing to laugh about. There is nothing to there is no joy in it. There is no it it is all bad for every fucking person concerned. So it I'm telling you, all these people who watch the show, it is going to end badly. Also, we need to warn everybody, don't start naming your children after these characters. Some people are naming their kids Khaleesi. I'm oh. like, wait, that's a title. That's not a fucking name. I was like, Daenerys is a name. There are there are Daenerys's out there now. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um if I had another kid, I'd probably name him Edard or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. Like if I get another dog, Eddard. Call him Ned. Just call him Robert. (laughs) That's a person's name. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about uh, Fire and Blood. Not Fire and Blood. The uh, House House of the the Dragon. Dragon. Let's talk about it. Did you enjoy this episode? Fuck yes, I did. What's not to enjoy? I liked it. I liked... uh, I like that uh, Renera's got a little bit of balls. She'll speak up. She's like, send me. I'll burn these motherfuckers alive. I like the fact that... Patty Constantine is playing a man in Viserys that is a good, kind man, but he's too kind to hold a throne. And yeah. they all like the thing with Corliss. I love the character of Corliss, but he's a fucking jagoff. And he, and he, Otto has to fucking, he's, he's basically has to threaten him. Yeah. And, uh, king Viserys should have stood up and be like, I don't give a fuck who you are, or how many ships you got. I'm the fucking king and I'll burn your fucking ships. Sit down and shut the fuck up. You know, that's what he should have done. That's what Damon would have done. You know, yeah. In, but there could be a balance between those. That's two. what I'm saying. There's too much extreme. I'm trying to think of a good king. Robert was a terrible king. So let's think of another one. Um, Aegon the Unlikely would have been quiet about it, but he would have, he would have stayed in his seat and he would have said something to effect. Do you know whose hall you're standing in, sir? 
well, why don't you remember that and sit down, you know? And then that would have been enough menace, you know, to have, to have that, hold that fucking stare and have him sit down. Jahara said something like that in the, in the book that I'm reading. It was, I forget, I'm not remembering, but he had like a moment like that where somebody was trying to push him a little mm-hmm. too far and he's, and he's sort of like just pointed out the window and like there, one of the dragons is flying around. He's like, I mean, look, yeah. yeah. one of my favorite, um, I love those eloquent moments that, that George R. Martin writes so well. One of my favorite ones is, um, the Castell when it storms end is holding the castle for Renly and Stannis rods up and, uh, it starts threatening him. He's like, this is, he's like, this is my family seat. He's like, this is Renly's seat now. And you're not allowed in. He's like, you've come here with a, with a force of men. You're not allowed to come in here. And, and I'm holding it for him. And he said, and the name of the castle is, um, storm's end. Mm-hmm. So he looks at me and says, bring your storm, sir. But remember, if you will, the name of this castle. And then he turns around and walks back in the fucking, that's a beautiful moment. Yeah. I mean, that's, he's so good at writing those. Um, what else happened in this episode? Uh, it's six months after episode one, and uh, they're pressuring Viserys to get married, and everybody's got a kid. That, and they don't want then bang. Allison Hightower stands up, and that is going to destroy her relationship with Rhaenyra. It's already it already has. Yeah. So, um, well, this Allison this, doesn't want it. She no. she thinks he's a kind man. She likes him. He's an uncle. Yeah. You know? I mean, she probably doesn't have much heat for him, but probably not. Yeah, but. You know, she probably thinks of herself more with a guy like Sir she probably likes Sir Kristen a, Cole or something like that. She probably likes that he's a big dork. <laughs> well, the fact that he, if if he was in our time, he'd have toy trains. He would. He that he's that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a big old dork. He's he got is, his he got his fucking just a sweet diorama, man. really sweet man. He's got his toys and he's having a good time. Yeah, I mean, and he's his fucking wife and he, baby just died. He has no business being king. Really, it should have been Rainey's. Rainey's. I like that Rainey's had a very Olena Tyrell moment yeah. with uh, Rhaenyra. She was while they're watching her 11 or 12 year old daughter who they offer to the king to marry. Right. Walking down the path that we've seen so many times. Where right. All these plans have been hatched in a hundred years in the future. Right. And she, he, he's just so uncomfortable with this little girl who's also uncomfortable. Sure. And then, and then she says something, in fact, I can bed you when I'm 14. My mother said, I didn't have to bed you until I was 14. And, and that's just, just like, that's the, that broke the camel's back. He's like, ah, what am I doing? Yeah. She was a perfectly nice little girl. Yeah. I mean, she was very cultured, very, you know, cause you could tell she grew up into a very distinguished, beautiful lady. Yeah. Two smart people as her parents. Right. Um, two very grasping people as her parents. So mm-hmm. Rainey's and Rainey's should be grasping though. She got a raw deal. She would have been a great queen. She has the steel as she demonstrated with Rainera when she had to put Rainera in her place. You know, um, when I'm queen, will what is it? Will uh, make new ways or something like that. Yeah. And she's, I like, she calls her the queen who wasn't or something like yeah, that. The queen that never was. And, um, she said, I can't remember what she says to her. But it was, a, it was a cut. Like it was, she here. said, uh, the men of the seven kingdoms or whatever they're calling it at this time. I'm not sure at this point if Dorn has come in yet. Dorn is part of the seven kingdoms, but they were never conquered. <clears throat> she said, uh, the men of this, uh, of the realm would sooner burn every castle to the ground than to see the woman on the, on the throne. And we've heard that before. Yeah, we have. And one of them does burn it to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
no, the uh, the words of House Martell are unbowed, unbent, unbroken because they never lost. So I wouldn't call what they did winning, but they never lost. Yeah, it's a very Vietnam situation they had yeah, with the Targaryens down there. They sort of just said we didn't lose. But we didn't win. We're going to bleed you. As long as you stay here, we're going to bleed you. And but that's what they did. How'd they end up coming into the fold? Just said, you know what? Well, they made a deal with uh, the boy king, Daron. I think it was Daron, who conquered Dorne, but he didn't really conquer it. Yeah. He just came to Sunspear and kind of flew his dragon and said, oh, I'm king here now, blah, blah, blah. And the Dornish were like, okay. And they just start steadily poisoning his men or slitting their throats when they got to take a piss or, you know, you know, just start fucking bleeding them, man, bleeding them fucking dry. And eventually it was a, is a situation where they say, okay, we won't unleash the dragons and destroy everybody. If you come into the realm and then we'll say it's a draw, you know, we, we, you can say, you can say we didn't beat you as long as we say you, as long as you say we didn't lose, you know, and then they, Everybody kind of shakes hands, and Dorn is Dorn is always uneasily in the it's a shit in the place fold. to live. It's, Fuck yeah, it's fucking it's it's fucking desert. It's Mexico. Yeah, Dorn is Ugh. Mexico. I mean, it's who wants to live there? Well, I mean, I'm well. There are parts about it. There's joking. parts of Dorn. I know, but I was saying there's parts of Dorn that that is that are beautiful. The the water gardens and all that stuff around Sunspear are beautiful places. Very hot. You have the the bone the uh, the bone with well, the bone way, whereas this fucking this horrible fucking mountain pass through the red baked fucking hills of Dorne. And they call it the bone ways because any trying any army who comes in there, the fucking Dornish just wait there in the fucking sand and fucking bleed them. And they can't get through. Were we recording yet when we talked about how they explained why, um, Corliss is a, a black man? I don't think we were not yet. Okay. So they explained it. <clears throat> Why he's a black guy and everybody else is stark white. Right. <laughs> so now can the five people who are bitching about it online just shut up? The guy, the guy rules. He's he looks so great. cool. He's a good, he's a great actor. Um, he's, he's, he fits it really well. I'm glad they have him. Um, and it was a quite fucking elegant and well, you know, that originally George R. R. Martin, if what I'm, if what I'm reading is right, he, originally he had an idea like I had for the Valerians. He was going to make the Valerians all black, and they had conquered a white people, a group, the, all the white people in Westeros. He was going to do that, but I don't know why he didn't stay with it. He just probably saw it going a different way or something and just wanted to do it like that. Um, you know, it's like a, an idea I had where the only white people in the world I was making were going to be the descendants of slaves. Like they, uh, the, pretty much every white skinned person from this has had been enslaved to various groups and then they were just newly freed and you know all kinds of stuff so um you have all those different dynamics no uh i don't know why people had a problem with it in the first place i'm getting sick of go woke go broke i'm getting fucking sick of that get over your fucking selves um i'm gonna watch lord of the rings and if i like it i'm gonna like it if it's well made i'm gonna like it you know i don't know how it's going to be if it's crap it's crap. It seems like it's going to be crap. I think it's going to be, I don't know, man. I mean, I think there's going to be things with it. I don't agree with. Um, I don't believe in tearing down something to, yeah, just make your own thing. Right. I mean, I, and I don't want to, and I, I, again, I'm all for inclusion. I, I like fantasy to be 
different groups of people coming together and including all people. But it's like there are no in, in uh, Tad Williams world, there are no black skinned people in this. He wrote another one, though, called Shadow March, where you have people from this great southern continent who are black, you know, and who um, have their own distinguished culture and all kinds of stuff. And it's very cool the way he did it. You know, uh, the, the sword master teaches these two kids is a black man and he's fucking awesome. He's one of my favorite. He's probably my favorite character in the whole book. And, um, you know, and you have some, they, the, the, he has a place that's almost a lot like Mexico and they're very, they're dark skinned people and stuff like that. I mean, I like that kind of stuff. I like different things thrown in a blender to make cool stuff. There's lots of, there are fantasies based in there's Chinese based fantasies. There's Japan based fantasies. There's all these different ways to make fantasy. And I don't believe that for the sake of, how can I put this? Don't do something and just don't offer an explanation. Yeah. Like, Oh, there's just all these people here. Well, Okay, where do they come from? Oh, they're just there. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you got to make it make sense. Exactly. It has to. It still has to follow the same rules. Do you think of of our planet? Do you think they're going to explain all the different people in the Lord of the Rings? Thing? I don't know. I think I don't know yet. If they don't, that's crap. If they do, and it's a and it's a good explanation, I'll roll with it. They're like, okay, that sounds good. You know, I'm open minded. I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah, even it, I mean, even if they don't explain it and it's still good, it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, it's it's like the people who are so up in arms against it just because it's black characters. Well, I'm sorry, bud. You know, that's that's not. I mean, I'm sorry it offends you, and I and I know that that one of the showrunners saying that she wanted to, to tear Tolkien down. That's a terrifying statement, to be honest. I yeah. want to tear Tolkien down because it doesn't include everybody. That's not the way he wrote it. I mean, make your own thing. There's, you know, we all, there are, said this there are African-based fantasies that are awesome. Do that. If you want to, if you want to make a show, why, as a matter of fact, I'm thinking about this. Why didn't you do that? If you wanted to create a show, it's because it's too much of a gamble because it's an unknown quantity yet. We'll just take Lord of the Rings. And so we don't have to, so we don't have to gamble and roll the dice. We're going to do this, even though they should know that the the market has never been better for fantasy. If you introduced an African based fantasy, that's cool as shit, which I have at least five of them, at least five on the top of my head. I can think of that are all great. New York times bestsellers, amazing characters, great concepts. They would fucking, they, it right, would blow right the now, fucking doors off. I mean, we remember Black Panther. Right. It's that, except it's actual fantasy. It's not a comic book thing. Do that. The Black Panther did have the advantage of having 10 years worth of movies. Sure. Leading sure. Up it, to yeah, it before it, was, it came out. It was fucking good. It was good. That's a good fucking movie. Um, I just think that um, there are opportunities instead of being, hey, that's what it is, is fear, fear and laziness. Instead of making my own thing, that's going to be this thing. And I'm not saying my own thing is that you have to be, you know, the, the you can't like this if you're of a different right. That's dumb. That's dumb. I think that all people should be able to like something. I like African-based fantasy. I can't like that because I'm white. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, anybody who's Latino can't like something, you know. That, that whole thing is silly. So you can create something that's great and something that's really original. I'd like to see Jordan Peele take a swipe at it. I think he can make something fucking awesome. At a Lord of the Rings. Or at, at, a, at, a, a at a, uh, well, I'll look one up. Um, if he does it, it's going to, if he does rule. something like that, it'll sell at least. Hold on one second. I'm fine. I got to get my phone. I'm going to look this one up. I mean, I can look it up. You can just tell me. Uh, black Dynamite. Wolf, red leopard or something like that. Black wolf. Red. 
Eyes? Red leopard, okay. Black leopard, leopard, red wolf? That's the one. Okay. It's a 2019 fantasy novel by Jamaican writer Marlon James. It is the first book of the Dark Star trilogy. The novel draws on African history and mythology, blending in the landscape of North of the North Kingdom and South Kingdom and the political tensions between these two warring states, as well as various cities, city-states, and tribes in the surrounding landscape. The rights to produce a film app adaptation were purchased by michael b jordan in february 2019 there you go prior to the release of the book so he he, he must have seen some early sure. shit and decided to buy the uh and and, and the fantasy uh pundits are raving about it about how good it is i mean I'll make, make that you yeah, know it's uh, getting made good awesome i can't wait to see it um although it is michael b jordan i don't no. i don't love him i loved I him love as him creed either. i liked him as creed I didn't like him as Killmonger. I didn't think he was very good. I think he, he, to be honest, he was pretty convincing as a boxer in Creed, though. Oh, he was good, and Creed was excellent. Um, I've seen in other things I don't care for him in, though. Um, Yeah. I think that that's, I'm really excited about that. I think that um, another one is an an alternate history, which falls in the line of fantasy, called uh, The Lion's Blood. Look that one up. I like the name. Novel by Stephen Barnes. Yes, there's two of them actually. 2002 alternate history novel by American writer Stephen Barnes. The book, the book won the 2003 Endeavor Award and is followed by the sequel Zulu Heart, which I've never read. Oddly enough, I need to get that one. Stephen Barnes. That's what he looks like. He's a looks like a nice fella. Looks a little bit like Tiger Woods. He does. He's and he's an excellent writer. It is an amazing book, man. I mean, it's. Like the Zulu have taken over. Oh, he wrote a Star Wars book. The, the yeah, he's a like he's a fantasy sci fi guy, man. He's like he's like so into it. Um, it centers around uh, this family, and they uh, they control plantations in the South, worked by white people. I love um, it. And uh, one of the guys escapes. This guy keeps escaping. This one. Uh, slave. So instead of dogs, you know what they have to go chase them? Lions. Chimps. Oh, Jesus fuck. Yeah. They release them and talk about them, and it's fucking terrifying. It's one of the most terrifying things I've ever read. Because it I'd talks it talks about them lion. opening up this cage and then and them leaving running on their hands and shit like that and how and they're like cackles and grunts and shit to each other and how eerie it is. I was just like, man, that's fucking brilliant. Um the Zulu have taken over parts of the Great Plains, which I thought. But one thing they haven't really dealt with uh, is the natives. Like it hasn't talked about any much interaction between natives and and the African invaders. Essentially, what they are. Um, I think that would probably be in Zulu Heart. I think that will probably be in the next book. They'll deal a lot with that because they are in the Great Plains for that one. So the Great Plain, the Plains Indians, they're. They're going to hand you your ass if you're not ready. Yeah, so not, not to be fucked. No, with. I mean you got the Comanche, you got the the Lakota, you've got all. I mean they're they don't they've they've come to play. So you know it's uh, that's going to be interesting to see how the Zulu warriors would do against. Uh, Give me a series with, uh, on that. I'm yes. immediately interested in that. That's fucking awesome. I was thinking about that. It's like there's Stephen Barnes. There's uh, Red Wolf. Uh, what is Red Wolf Black Leopard? Or, yeah. Um, there's that, which I haven't read, by the way, but I've read pieces of it. And I've thought this was fucking tremendous. You know, um, the, the the concepts, all the things were straight out of fucking like a very Game of Thrones-esque thing. So I knew it was awesome. Um, 
you know, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna get a copy of that and read that next. Black Leopard Red, Red Wolf. Wolf. Yeah, that's that's the Marlins. Yeah. There's also the uh, J.K. Nesman, the uh, Broken Earth trilogy, which is uh, Afrocentric, which is also very good. Um, from what I've heard, I have not read that either. Um, I, I picked up the first book. But it looks like Game of Thrones type shit. Yeah, it's 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 got a very I don't know, man. My my fantasy has to be I don't know what I, I don't even understand the parameters myself yet. I can read something that I think is good, but it's just not getting me. Yeah. Um there's one by Melanie Ron called the uh the Dragon Blood something. I mean it was it's a tremendously written thing. But I really don't care for it. Like I'm just I don't I don't like this very much, and I don't know why I don't like it. You know, um, J.K. Rowling caught me immediately. I thought she uh, Harry Potter was excellent from the get go. I um, mean, it's and it's epic fantasy. I don't care what anybody says tells you. Um, anybody who's read a Harry Potter book and calls a fantasy nerd a nerd, you're a fucking fantasy nerd. Yeah, it's a, fan, <laughs> it's a book about magic. And it the stands up there. Train station. It stands up there beside. Um, uh, Lord of the Rings, the one that I would really just like to see made that would that would solve a lot of this inclusion stuff and all that stuff. Dark Elf trilogy, the Dark Elf trilogy is a great idea. I know it's a great idea. Yeah, um, I'm smart. But the one I was thinking about that's a classic that is well known and is has no problems with inclusion because that's the way it's written is Wizard of Earthsea. Okay, Ged is a black man. I mean, as he was written that way from the beginning. Did so, we do that in Chuck Tales? We never covered uh, the Earthsea trilogy. The last, the last one we did was the first part of Homeland off the Dark After trilogy. We never went beyond that. Hmm. You want to do favorite things? Sure. Which is basically all we're doing anyway. <laughs> yeah. But I never even played the opening theme song. I, I just now realized that. Who gives yeah. a shit? <laughs> Complete non sequitur. I've, I, I, one of the reasons I'm, I'm kind of giving up heavy lifting is I just saw a kid in eighth grade squat 500 pounds. Yeah, fuck that. So I'm just like, ah, you know. It's a young man's game. Yeah. I have a question. Sure. Let's say you're born into the in, in Westeros. What do you think your path is? Do you end up as a maester? Do you end up as a knight? Do you end up as a fucking lord of some place? Definitely not lord. Um, that's gentry. You would have to be. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, that's a good question. Uh, with I my, can see you as a maester. Yes, but I do think I have a decent set of skills to be a yeah. good knight. So, uh, probably a maester. But a maester like uh, there's a maester in uh, Feast for Crows, and they uh, he's this big. Scary guy who beat a guy to death with his fists, and like that's like the one I would. You wrap your maester's chain around your (laughs) fist. (laughs) Um, His name's uh, Magwin, and he's like this. He he he's knows all this arcane knowledge. He's one of the few few people who understands magic. He got his his Valyrian steel uh, link, which hardly any of the maesters have. Hmm. That's the one, and a whoop your ass. Yeah, Um, he's a really cool character. Um, It. I'd probably be one of those guys like that's like well, you, I am like I am here you caught between different worlds. I was going to you know? say you've you've uh, expressed interest in smithing. You could be like a Gendry type. Sure, I, yeah, that's probably where I end up being is being a blacksmith, but a, but a blacksmith that reads and has learned. Yeah, you know, I'd be one of those guys. that's like like I am now. It's people cock their head when you're like you work in a steel mill. You're a 
you know, you're a strong, physically strong guy, and you're still intelligent. I think right? I would be a bard. Yes. I didn't really have too many bards there, but they, like you see me, like this guy's a giant. Why is he, why is he just singing? What a faggot. Well, bards had to fight, yeah. had to know how to fight too. I mean, bards in uh, some fantasy, like the bard's tale, bards are like a warrior class. They, they wield weapons and the music they sing is magic. So hmm. uh, that's a good, that's a cool one. I mean, bard's tale was a great game. Um, it's set in this fictional place called Britannia. You know, uh, I'm sure you know this, but George R. R. Martin had something to do with Elden Ring. Yeah, oh yeah, he loves played it. that game. I, man, I don't like it. I, I tried it. I know he wrote it. I don't. I don't maybe care for it. Given the I don't like those games. I don't like those games. Epic fantasy game. Well, no, the the fucking on, on hack and slash type. Well, the the multiplayer online. I don't. I want. Oh, I, I thought want it a story. was no. Oh man, no, no, no. I need a story like. The ideal game for me is like, you know, Last The Last of Us. Have you seen the fucking, the new stuff for it, for the, the, the remake? The remaster of for the remake. PS5? Oh, it's not a remake. No, it's, it's a, a remake, remake, not a yes. remaster. Whoa. You haven't seen any of the fucking footage for that yet? Give it a ganders. They've got the the beginning where Sarah gets killed. They've got the, the that whole, that's online. Like, you could probably watch the whole thing online if you wanted to. I don't want to because I want to see it. I want to play it. But I need a PS5. Yeah, i got to get one of those, too. This is like a gameplay trailer. That's the one where they're fighting uh, with Bill. At the. Did you get to that part? In two or one? One. I finished one. Okay, this is the part when they're with Bill, and they're trying to get into the high school. Now, I only played through it one time, so... Look I'm at those gonna, fucking graphics. Look yeah, how it's different. Pretty insane. Look at the fucking... Did you see that wipe? Look at that fucking star flare. Yeah. It's a sun flare. I mean, that's like fucking Abrams. Uh, he missed. Thump. It's, I can, dude, I have to get a PS5. I, the only reason right now I want a PS5 is to play this fucking game. And there's this whole fucking, as there is for everything now, this whole debate online. They're ripping us off. They want $70. I'd pay $170 to play that fucking game. I mean, if you you need to love something, mm-hmm. just love it. You know, it, why are you sitting here bitching? I, I got on there and told some guy to fuck off on YouTube and all this stuff. He's some Brit talking about how... Um, well, the game is, you know, it's just a glorified remaster. So you haven't seen how good it looks. You haven't seen, you know, everything that it has to do yet. They, there's, they included uh, Left Behind in it, too. I think they weave that in with the rest of the story. So did you play that, too? Left Behind. It's the one where uh, Ellie and Riley go to the mall, but it's also intercut with Ellie trying to get yes. stuff to, to fix. Yeah, I think so. To nurse. Uh, she's in the in the mall that's got snow, like the, the roof is broken. And there's snow in the mall. Um, I'm going to try to find the trailer for the show. Oh, it's, well, there's just, there's very little for that. There's a teaser, I think, that shows. Um, you don't know, do you? The people that are left. This is fan made. Oh, is it? Pretty sure. They're not the kind of people who weren't saving. Yeah, that's definitely not. You've got ghosts haunting you. Wait. Something in your past you can't live with. Seems to me you're serving penance. Tell me. What happened? I lost my daughter. You said you would take the child. 
The growth inside her has somehow mutated. No, that's this is fan made because that's uh, dialogue dialogue from the game. I, I I can find there's a little bit that they have it that that was at the tail end of the what's coming. Here's an HBO Max what's coming. That's thing. this is it. Like when it it's it, gonna it, have some and it cuts right to here we go. It, it pretty much cuts right to. What is this? Uh, brief mortal life. Here in a second. If not the pursuit of legacy. Can't wait to hear what that conversation is about. It's very intoxicating. I feel like I'm in a dream. It's at the end of this. If trust me. The HBO just. They know what they're doing, man. They yeah, kill it. they kill it. They don't have to bow to advertisers, so no. they can do whatever they want. I want to watch that. His Dark Materials looks really good. It's good, I'm it's sure good. it is. I need to read those books. The Golden Compass is what it's based on. The president needs men of action. You're go. Bend the rules, blackmail. Don't get caught. That's, I guess that's based on Watergate. Everything. I haven't watched that show. The Gilded Age coming up here in one second. The Gilded Age, it would be great. I've done all the things a wife is supposed to do. House, kids, the meals. Hey. I'm very attractive. Wanda. Would you be interested in having an affair? Fat Damon. Fat Damon and Wanda. Together at last. Here we go. Fuck. That looks amazing. Yeah. Everybody I have cared for has either died or left me. You have no idea what loss is. Fuck. God, it's gonna be fucking tremendous, dude. Is that is it rain? Yeah, dude, it's raining, bro. Fucking ever since Station Eleven, take my fucking money. <laughs> I have not seen. I mean, I'm sure that The Last of Us is going to be every bit as good as Station Eleven in its way. But Station Eleven to me is so beautiful of a thing that yeah, I loved uh, every second of it. It was. I listened to that. I listened so to the song. Beautiful, yeah. I listened to the song the other day and was driving home from Fayetteville and burst into tears. I just because it was such a, it's one of those moments that you just everything was beautiful. It was sunny. It was a great day. Uh, you know, I just love Fayetteville. The energy up there. I you know seen you know I seen all kinds of people. You know, all kinds of license plates from different places, and you know the fact that our that our little part of the world is finally. You know, starting to come to life and all those things. And I just driving down the road, listen to that song, um, "Wandering Under the Moon," and fucking just broke and just burst into tears, happy tears. It was weird, man. Did you ever listen to Florence and the Machines' version of "Jenny of the Old Stones"? I didn't. I'll play a little bit of it for you, so we don't get canceled. I love that song. I like Podrick's version. Yeah. Hi. Speaking of, I have heard this. I've, I've heard this on something. Go 
I think it played at the end credits of one of the episodes. Once he had lost and once he had found the ones who had loved her the most. Bitch can sing. I still think my favorite uh, depiction of any song is the Hold Steady playing the Bear and the Maiden. Yeah. Finger. <laughs> They they that they, they that came on the the second after Jamie got his hand cut off. He's laying there his hands like you can see it pulling away from his arm and you hear da, 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 da. <laughs> and the fucking song kicks in. That was awesome. Uh, anyway, what's the uh the uh the uh, favorite things? That's what we're doing right now. What do um you Well of course, uh House of the Dragon. Um The Adventures of Duncan Egg. Hey, I got a question about House of the Dragon. Sure. The crab guy. Mm-hmm. The, is he wearing a Sons of the Harpy mask? Looks a lot like a Sons of the Harpy mask. I don't think so. I, I, I'm don't, I don't remember that character. from. I'm, I'm sure that that is a character from Fire and Blood. But like I said, it's been a long time. I read that when it first came out. So 10 years now. Has it been 10 years? I think it may be seven. I'm not sure. Let me look and I don't see. think it's been that long. I think it may be five. Man, it's really coming down. Maybe lose, it was five years. We don't lose fucking power. That would suck. Yeah, that would just be a short episode. <laughs> <laughs> It'll save. Fire and Blood. 18, so it's only been four years. Right. November I, thought, I, thought was, I thought it sounded about right. Um, People are mad that he did that book instead of finishing Wins a Winner, which I get it. But I, I, I Yeah. I wasn't mad when I heard about it. I was just like, well, I get to read more George R. R. Martin stuff. But there was part of me like, man, because I've read so many awesome chapters of the Winds of Winter. I've read the Tyrion chapter. I've read. Oh, he's got uh, sample chapters out for mm-hmm. it, doesn't he? There's a couple Tyrion chapters. There's, uh, let's see, who else? Um, Reek, who is. Do they call his chapters Reek? Instead of oh man, that's rough. They actually call him. Sometimes they call him Reek, and then sometimes that's what I like is that it'll change according to how he feels about himself. Um, Allison, uh, Allison Martell. There's chapters from her point of view. Um, there's chapters from Victorian. A couple cha- chapters from from Victorian's point of view. Um, Trying to think who else. Sir Barristan. A couple of Sir Barristan chapters. So he's still alive and kicking in the book. Fuck yes. He took over uh, Danny's army. He's com- he's commanding her all her forces now. That's something that Barristan never, Mr. Barristan never did. He was never a general. I'm quite sure he's going to be good at it. Pretty capable. Because, yeah, because he's capable of. I mean, the stories about Sir Barristan, you know. He that guy deserves a, a, a fucking show of his own. Yeah, I mean, he's he like I he's said, one he, of the ones that didn't get his due in the show. He's Westeros Captain America is what yeah. fucking Sir Barristan is. He's a man from another time. He's from a time when the world was good, and you know, but but also a more brutal time, but also had more elegance. It's a it's a weird dichotomy with him. Um, the way he saved Eris when he stormed into, uh, well, cli- not stormed into anything. He climbed the walls without fucking spikes or anything to get into Duskendale and fucking broke Eris out, threw him over his shoulder, stole a horse. Eris. Uh, the Mad King. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, he got taken fucking hostage at, by the uh, by the hollards at Duskendale. So, um, 
actually, uh, Sir Dantas is only alive because Sir Barristan begged Eris to spare him. He's like, he's like, he's a little kid. We can't kill him, you know. So Eris relented and didn't kill all of the Hollards, but he killed pretty much all of them. And um, he climbed in. He got it. He broke into his fucking cell, threw him over his shoulder, ran out the fucking keep, stole a horse, got shot in the back with a fucking arrow, kept going, you know. And he's fucking amazing. The way he um, he killed Malus the Monstrous in single combat, you know, after killing 10 men. He, he cut through 10 men to get to this one giant guy, and then he killed him too. I mean, it's just like, and he was he was still a fairly young man, I think, when that happened. It was uh, the War of the Nine Penny Kings. He's the one to he pretty much single handedly ended the war. The War of the Nine Penny Kings is the last rebellion of the of the Blackfires, um, and uh, my favorite thing he did though was something that we'll never get to see uh, because it happened in a dance uh, a dance of dragons. Uh, a Dance with Dragons, because that's the name of the last book um, that, that he wrote, is, is this giant gladiator is standing in the way for him to interrogate this guy after Nerys flies off on Valyrian. And the guy won't get out of his way, and he's twice Sir Barrison's, uh height and half his age. So he's 12 feet tall. Well, I mean, he's... I mean, not, <laughs> a little not, bit of exaggeration. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... He's, he's a huge man, and he's got his teeth filed down, and he's got a giant Arak. You know, he's like... And he's... Sir Barrison is, as always, a gentleman. He just walks up to him and says, I need to get in that room. And he's just like, go go away, old man. You smell of piss or something like that. And he's just like, um, he's like, uh, just get out of my way and, I'm not, and I won't harm you. And the guy laughs. He says, I'm going to eat your heart. And then he just takes his sword out, fucking salutes him, bow, and just fucking goes to work and cuts his ass to fucking pieces. He did, he fucking... He beheads him and then disembowels him in one fucking motion. Whoom, whom, and then as the body's falling, he fucking tucks his sword back in and goes walking through the fucking door. I wouldn't be like a fucking, he bowed. <laughs> he kind of did. He like he bowed. He he bowed to him with respect because he was a combatant, and you know the the respect he would have accorded in the night. That fucking speech he gave in the chapter in the sample chapter when he's telling all of his knights when they're they're in um, in Mirin and they're getting ready to ride out. And fight the, the collected forces of Astapor and all those places, where he tells them just to keep their pick their weapons up and keep going. He says things like uh, one of my favorite quotes is he's like, "You might shit your pants." He said, "I did my first battle." He's like, "All battlefields smell like shit. Just pick your sword back up and keep going." You know, and he's it's fucking brilliant. It's one of the most beautiful pieces of writing and eloquent things. And the reason it's so beautiful is because you can imagine a man like that saying something like that, mm-hmm. just. Telling these people, he's just like, you know, it's all right to be afraid, you know, and he's he's both comforting and strong at the same time. He's like, this is what battle is. If you're not afraid, you're crazy. When he said he's like, he's basically telling them there are men standing in fucking uh, wine sinks and stuff in this world that will tell about their battles. And if you live through this, you get to do that for the rest of your days. And he's like, you know, talking about how. You know, there's glory in it. He's like, there's nothing so terrible, but no, nothing so glorious as battle. It is one of the mo- fuck. I can just pull it up. <laughs> I can read some of it. I like um, in the show when they're auditioning people to be in the Kingsguard that she chooses somebody that has been to actual war, right? Who's the, got scars? Or, he's, yes, got, he's, he's got yes. beat up. His uh, his armor is beat up a little bit. Where right. everybody else is pretty. 
He's from Dorn, though. That he doesn't even have a, a house sigil. He's he's just a I dude. I think he's a he's not a sellsword, but he would be considered what I think would be a hedge knight. Yeah, sellsword's such a great name. It is. Um, let's see. War quote. Let's see here. Mm. Sorry, I know we're getting dead. It's fine. I found an article explaining why Corliss Valerian is black. Yeah. It's because he's from the Summer House. Corliss Valerian. Well, this is from last month, so we didn't know that he was from the Summer House right. then. Corliss Valerian is black in House of the Dragon. The fact that it's caused unfortunate responses, but is actually good for the show and makes sense to boot. House of the Dragon is a Game of Thrones prequel, but it's going to be a very different show in a lot of ways. That certainly goes for its timeline, which begins roughly 200 years prior to the story of Jon Snow, Daenerys, blah, blah, blah. All the rest. But it will be true in myriad other ways. It will be true in myriad other ways from its Targaryen centric civil war plot and dragon versus dragon warfare to how the story is old. Why do they got to give me so much crap? Before? <laughs> I know. George R. R. Martin said, Ron Connell. Sure. And that was George R. R. Martin's call. Yeah. And so all he these fucking everybody. people bitching, you know, it's go fuck yourselves. You, most of you are racists. I mean, that's, I think that's a, a fair, uh, I think that is drawing from the existing evidence and how I know the, the fantasy world is because I'm one of them and, and have dealt with these people. You know, there's a lot of racism in fantasy. Exploring the decision further shows that it does indeed make sense and is a good step for the show and the wider Game of Thrones franchise. In what may, some may proclaim as the biggest gotcha of the discussion around House of Dragons casting, Clarice Lirion is not black in any of the books in which he's mentioned, including Fire and Blood. But at the same time, he's also not not black. Simply put, Corliss' skin is never described in the book. There you go. Okay. So they're just saying whatever in this particular article. All right. Here's that. Uh, it's actually not as long as I thought it was. Here's what. As Barrison addressing his men in the second siege of Meereen, and he says, quote, I'm an old man, an old knight, and I've seen more battles than most of you have years. Nothing is more terrible upon this earth, nothing more glorious, nothing more absurd. You may wretch, you will not be the first. You may drop your sword, your shield, your lance. Others have done the same. Pick it up and go on fighting. You may foul your breaches. I did in my first battle. No one will care. All battlefields smell of shit. You may cry out for your mother, pray to God you thought he had forgotten. How obscenities that you never dreamed could pass your lips. All this has happened, too. I mean, that's just fucking... It's good stuff. Brilliant. I mean, that's something I would wish I had written, you know. Other favorite things. Um, I finished uh, the first, uh, I first finished the first two Dune books. Um, now I'm getting to the third, and I remembered why it was so hard to finish them. Um, I, I do. A lot of uh, discourse going on in it. It's just, I do like my fantasy to be, and my science fiction to be, morally ambiguous i like that but i also like to like the characters you know there should be characters that you despise and there should be characters that you love dune is so i will say realistic that everybody in it is a motherfucker you know even the characters you have grown to love i love that he's able to take those chances i like that but at the same time it's like man why can't you do as a matter of fact that was a complaint so much that he brought duncan idaho back to life because they're just like we don't like anybody in this books can you please give us somebody that we will like it's like okay i will bring duncan idaho back to life and that's what they did um 
and you know, and he is a lovable character and stays that way throughout the series. And it actually brings a lot of human humanizes a lot of things that get hard to deal with. I I know what's going to happen. I've seen, I've watched things about it on YouTube because I was curious and I wanted to see how it went. But I wanted to read it. So I read it. And, you know, now I'm on Children of Dune. I've just started. And lo and behold, uh, uh, Night of the Seven Kingdom showed up. And I've been reading it ever since. And I haven't gone back to it. Um, also re- received the first book of The Dark Tower today, The Gunslinger. Yeah, which, I saw that. Um, yeah. I, I like the cover of it. It doesn't look like a Stephen King book. That is, I'm, I'm surprised I got that edition. That is the original edition. That's the one, the paperback edition from the from the first time it was released. It's my. I've discussed Michael Whelan on here before. He's done covers for Tad Williams. He's done covers for, um, he's done so many covers for Tad Williams. He did the Dragonbone Chair. He did Stone of Farewell. He did Green Angel Tower. He did all of his, his work is brilliant. And he had a, but they had a, one thing I, I really, was really disappointed in, in this latest book, the publisher didn't want to pay him. So they didn't, they didn't have That's him do the cover, it. and I'm sure Ted Williams, his hands were tied with that because I can see Ted Williams as, as a guy being like, "Are you out of your fucking mind? This is Michael Whelan, pay him whatever he fucking asks for." You know, um, I know it's not like that anymore, but the artwork on a book or an album or anything—that was half of the draw. That's the first. That's the reason I picked up Game of Thrones. I was fascinated by this. I remember seeing the first cover, it's the original cover. It's just Jon Snow. Riding on uh, a black horse, um, it's it's some some debate over whether it's Jon Snow or Sir Waymar Royce, who was the first. I think it's Jon Snow. Uh, people who think it's Waymar Royce obviously haven't taken the fact that there is a dire wolf in the picture. Um, I don't know. That's the one. I remember having that book. I I read that book. I wish I could find that copy. I wish I could find that. You know how much I'd have to pay for that copy right now? Robert Jordan says it's brilliant. It's $49. That's actually not so bad. I don't know where this is at. I I read that book and read it till it fell apart. I read that book so many fucking times. First edition. I was so in love with it. First Um, print, first edition. I think it, I I don't even think it was released as a, as a hardback at first. I think it was released only as a paperback. If I'm not mistaken. Oh shit. Shows you. Inside the that, spine, yeah, that, I think I'm pretty. Yeah, that's a fucking paperback, dude. It's a, they released it only as paperback. If I had fucking kept that, you know how much that motherfucker would be worth? Forty nine dollars. Well, yeah, <laughs> for a, for a five dollar fucking yeah paperback. Is that how much they were then? Nowadays, this I thing, think it was. I think it probably was four ninety five. So see, five and some change. So his new book will probably be thirty dollars, probably. Yeah. Inflation easily thirty dollars. Um, yeah. What else did I do? Worth it if you like it. Um, oh, I, I started watching Better Call Saul. Hell yeah! Uh, like did you it. ever watch it before? I hadn't. Um, it's great. You get to see Jimmy slipping Jimmy. <laughs> slipping Jimmy's great. He's fucking. I love Odenkirk, man. He's so fucking good. He's so good. Um, he plays drama very well, and then you give him a role where he does drama and comedy. Like nobody. He's so good. Nobody was fucking home run because it was just so great. Um, this guy who started on Mr. Show, you know. <laughs> How silly. He was a writer for Saturday Night Live in the 80s. And yeah. He was a bit the, player. The first time you really saw him was mm-hmm. in Mr. Show with Dave. He was a bit player in fucking uh, in Seinfeld. 
Yeah. He had, he had a small role in Seinfeld. He wrote for The Simpsons for a little while and his brother, I think. Yeah. Dave. He's He seems like a guy that hung out with Conan, like him and Conan yeah. were probably oh, talking. Yeah. He, um, I think he might have been on the first writing staff at Conan. That would make it sense. It seems to make sense to me. He's just, and he, and he had a heart attack recently. Yeah. Um, which is While crazy. they were shooting Better Call Saul. God. Can you imagine? I mean, I don't even want to imagine what a heart attack feels like. But um, I haven't seen the last season yet. I'm, I'm in season three. I've been pretty going through it pretty at a pretty steady clip because I'm watching. That's one it. of those shows that once you get started on it, you can pile one. You can do three episodes in a night very right. easily because they're all very entertaining. It's just dramatic and funny enough to where you don't get overwhelmed with the right. drama. I love Mike. Mike Armand Trout is. The greatest fucking character. I mean, well, how about the uh, freaking God damn it? His name is escaping me. He was Lenny in Laverne and Shirley. Oh, Michael McKean. Yeah. He plays, plays Chuck. God. He's a motherfucker, buddy. Yeah. So jealous of his brother, he can't even fucking stand it. And he's got this this phobia, whatever it is that's wrong he with He thinks him. that he's ele- allergic to electricity. Yeah. Um, covers himself in like tinfoil. That was fucking Jimmy's idea. Oh, yeah. Jimmy helped him so much and he shit on him because he didn't have an accredited. He, some people take a, bit, a different path through life. You know what I mean? And your families, your family are the worst ones when it comes to that mm-hmm. because they will never let you forget anything. They will never allow you to change. They, they they actually don't like to see people change. I'm not talking about all families. I'm talking about dysfunctional families. You know, a lot of families, I'd even say most families, Love to see their family members change and want them to do better. But they also, even the best families are the most leery of something like that happening. You know what I mean? Like they like they know you better than anybody, so they think that they have an inside track to what you're actually going to do. They're usually wrong about that. So, um, like, my family, I think, was always in my corner when it came to sobriety, but I don't think any of them thought it was going to happen. You know, so, you know, 11 years later, I think I've pretty much convinced them. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to kiss your pud. I um, know my mom was always always rooted for me. She always believed in me. Um, Annie, Annie did too. She, but you know, other people were more skeptical, and I don't blame them. I get it. That's pretty much it for me this week. Um, the Last of Us remake. I I can't wait for that. Um, I, I can't wait for PS fives to be available. I don't want to have to know, win a man, raffle. I want to pay. I want to pay off my fucking credit card enough that I can just go buy one. Be yeah. like, you know, I just want this. I got five hundred dollars sitting there in an envelope, waiting for that. Because that's um, eventually, I'm just going to be like, because the, these are uh, gift cards that I got from work. They're only good for a year. I've had them for a month and a half now. Right. So eventually, I'm just going to have to use them. But I was waiting for a PS5 to come of age. For I don't understand why they can't get them. They can't get them to the fucking store. They're having trouble with the chips. I'm guessing <sighs> it's because we don't make anything in this country in, anymore. We used to have a proper country. We really did. Uh, depends on who you ask, I suppose. You <laughs> <laughs> need to go back to the 50s. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Imagine if you were a water fountain maker in the 1960s. <laughs> if you were, you were bath- doubling up. If you were a bath- bathroom fixture company, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everywhere doesn't, everywhere, everywhere doesn't have to build four different bathrooms right. for every floor of a building. Man, have you ever? You were swimming in a in gold. You could do whatever you wanted. Yeah, and you could make the fucking ones for the the colored ones, quote unquote. Just make them slap together. Shit, put plastic guts inside of them and charge the same amount for. Exactly, man, we had it so good. (laughs) 
<laughs> over here at Delta. Yeah, I know they're. <laughs> They had they had a lobbyist. They were trying to get fucking. Yeah, I guarantee they. I guarantee they were behind keeping it oh, segregated. Sure. Trying, they were trying kidding? to, just like how the um, the uh, prison guard lobby wants to keep, keep marijuana illegal. God, they're yeah. the fucking worst, dude. Uh, yeah, the worst. Um, my favorite things, uh, of course, House of the Dragon. Reading the book, I never thought I'd read a book again. I'm actually impressed how fast you're reading it. It's a big book. Yeah, it's pretty large. I never thought I'd do it again, but I'm just. I, it's sort of like um, when I decided I was going to lose weight. I mm-hmm. just decided to do it, and then I started. Right. I've decided I'm going to try to read all these Game of Thrones books, all of them, mm-hmm. and it might take five years or whatever, but I'm going to read them. I don't think it'll take that long. Well, I'm already, what is it, 270-some pages in. I don't know how many pages are in the damn thing, but a quarter of the way through, let's just call it that. Sure. And I've only read it f- sat down and read four days but keep keep in mind out there is the storm of swords which is 900 and some pages long <laughs> maybe i'll get the abridged version no it's a great mm-hmm. book though it really doesn't seem that long like i'll go back and read pieces of it that i love and i'll just get sucked back into reading it i've actually got i need to find a copy i, I let annie have a couple of the uh they're called uh leather cloth editions they're small you know, just I've got a couple at the house, but I have a Feast for Crows and a Dance with Dragons. And um, the other two, I let uh, Annie, um, well, the other three, she got the other three. And I need, I'm not I'd like to, I know you had a World of Ice and Fire. I think, I don't know what happened to it. Yeah. I, I, I know you brought it here once. I thought Aaron Elena had it. They in might. Fact. I don't know. But they've been, they've moved, you know, and it's, I'm, I'm just going to buy it again. I mean, it, it I can get it. And thrift books are probably find a pretty decent decent copy. I've been watching uh, videos. It's a channel called Alt Shift X. That's a good one. And they they explain uh, plots and things in Game of Thrones. And Did you watch the theories. one I sent to you about the the Danes? Yeah, yeah, I watched that's that a good one. one. I really like the one about the weird things, not the different places, the different places yeah. with like the weird monsters and shit. Yeah. I really like that. And there's even artwork for them. Yeah. And the guy's a really soothing voice. As he, he does. He's it. he's very good. Um, Lightbringer's a good one too. I've actually had discussions with him. Yeah. on the uh, on on his page. They all do live streams after the end of uh, the, each episode, mm-hmm. like fifteen minutes after it's over with. Right. Or, and that's a good uh, if you're good at it and you can get m- enough people watching, you can make some money doing that. I still think that I, I really could do one with the Ted Williams work because there's none of it out there. Like, um, and he has. Three different series that are massive. He has uh, the Austin Ard series, which is a, two, a set of two. Well, now it's hell. The the second part's four books now, um, and the third one and this first one should have been four books, but it was so. So I'll bring it to Green Angel Tower. It's a brick. It's like that. Yeah, well, um, if you want to do that, we can figure out a way to do it. Um, I just I'm going to have to watch more of theirs to to find out how they structure theirs. Well, the way. You know, Alt Shift X does. You never see his face. Mm-hmm. He does infographics for everything, but that is work. That is. Yeah, I don't work. know how to do it. I don't know how to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, Jamo might. He might. Um, I mean, I know how to like make memes, which is basically what that is mm-hmm. with with information on it. Um, it's something to maybe learn. I mean. I, can, I don't know. I mean, it'd be better if I could do not just a review of the books, but more of a, a, like a, just kind of a, you know, documentary about 
the Sithy in, in this world. You know, that'd, that'd be a lot more interesting. You know? Yeah. A lot of these guys treat, treat it as, as if it's real and as if it's history, which is, I, it, it sucks me into it more. Yeah. Whenever they're not talking about it from why would George do this? Right. When, why would he write this character this way? They're talking about it as though it is a real thing that actually happened. And it makes it a lot more interesting for me. Right. I mean, in his, his that's, world, that's the way I'm reading that fire and blood. I'm yeah. reading as if, as though I'm a descendant and I'm in new Westeros where everything's electrified and everything. Right. It makes it connect to my brain a little bit better. One of the things, um, that was brought up in one of those videos is, Perhaps the reason why there's so much, it's like Westeros is pretty much the same in Game of Thrones as mm. it is 200 years before. Sure. They think perhaps technology has gone backwards. Like they built all these great things with magic and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And they think the magic is getting sucked out of the world or something like that. Well, there's evidence of that. I was going to, I was going to bring that up. If you notice that the world in fire and blood or house of the dragon is far more advanced in the world in Game of Thrones. Like, Seems like it. Uh, the The buildings are bigger. You know, they're more grand. You have more. Um, it. It's a very Westeros is a very rough place. Now, I'm not saying that the rest of the world isn't like that. It is like that too. Essos, as a matter of fact, in Game of Thrones, looks at Westeros as a savage place, filled with crazy people with armor who are who sit in castles and make war on each other and you know do all kinds of crazy shit so um that's that i think that is a definite possibility and i think that valeria i think it, and i think like the weather the magic comes in waves like you know dragons died out and then they came back to life and then they're they're probably gonna now at the beginning one thing that's gonna happen on the on the john snow show i think is it's the john snow show <laughs> i'd like to see <laughs> a, a, a band leader like <laughs> torment as the band leader hello um, and welcome to the john snow show <laughs> he's a cunt today we're talking about <laughs> about agan's conquest <laughs> apparently i'm Distantly related to this Egan Targaryen. <laughs> no, you're not. Shut up. <laughs> no, um, I don't want it. <laughs> no, the dragons have now come back into the world. So I think that in the in this new show, that dragons are going to start to be more of a thing now. Like because they did come in waves. Like they were with the Valyria. You, you had so many. And then Valyria died off. And then you had so many that the Targaryens had, and then they came and died off. And then, you know, even though, shit. That's one thing that happens. You got a good shot of uh, Damon's dragon this week. Isn't he cool looking? It is cool looking. It's yeah. very different. Long and skinny, mm-hmm. and he's kind of got wings yeah, on his- Yeah, kind of flipper his legs. His back legs are basically just another set of wings. Yeah, it's, it's very- it's, it's, I, I like- His head's really small. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest scenes, I know it mm-hmm. might be a little- uh, Ra ra girl powery when whenever Damon and Otto are up there talking, They're getting ready, to go, getting ready yeah. to go at it, yeah. and then they look around, they hear this screeching, and mm. the clouds are bubbling up, and Renera comes up through there on her dragon. I just wanted to hear Stone Cold's music hit. Right <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs to get on making that. <laughs> we could do it if you could play <laughs> play the video. I'll, I'll play the song. Um, <coughs> other favorite things. Um, Got a disc golf tournament coming up this weekend. It's a charity, not really a charity tournament. Uh, they're held, holding a tournament at the new course in Little Beaver State Park. It's called Ace Runs Only. They're shortening the tees um, to where pretty much anybody can reach them. So you got a chance at uh, hitting a hole in one on every hole. 
and they're doing this to finish the the uh, course. They need to put nice. T pads and signs in. Hopefully, more people come than are actually signed up right now. That made me think when 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 I was thinking about disc golf driving home yesterday. My good mood lasted until Hawk's Nest, until I hit the the old golf course, and I got so pissed thinking about that they gave that to firemen to build fires and put them out. Yeah. That's, oh, God. We could have such a good course there. We, we could have two courses there. Absolutely. And there's enough woods around it, you might be able to even put a third one in going Why can't people like us get money? Because <sighs> we're not good at it. Well, I mean, we're just- We're not good at getting money. We're well, good at thinking of things to do with money. <laughs> yeah. I wish I could I, again. I wish I could write to like some obscene billionaire and just have enough mocks to be like, "Hey, man, could you float me enough that I could make this and we could do something with it?" We you know West I mean? Virginia really could make the state like the mecca for disc golf on the East Coast. Absolutely, we because could. there's enough terrain. There's there's enough open spaces. You could have all the different types of play you want. Mm-hmm. You. Not wanting for anything, and there there are plenty of courses. I mean, there come there's new ones popping up all the time. It seems like, but we could have as many courses as we do counties. Like I've even thought of just it here, just, right? Just in this valley, we could make them as wherever we want it. There's parking there. Oh yeah, there's a shit ton of parking. You could have tournaments. It, it's have, um, and I've even thought of a name. You could call it the Airy, like uh, ooh. like in Game of Thrones, because you have Hawk's Nest and you have the Airy. You know, it's like, but it. A hawk, you know, fucking nice wooden sign on it and, you know, all kinds of shit. And, you know, they tore the, I think they tore the clubhouse building down, which was. Which would have been, that could have been a store for the disc golf. I know. I mean, but just build a, build, a bigger building. You know, yeah. it's, I don't know, man. I, I, I get so disgusted. I'm not trying to talk shit about firemen. I know what they do is important. I really do. I'm not one of those people who just shits on them. But at the same time, I think that. That is a, it was a short-sighted. It was a public park. That, right. That golf course was right. a public park. It was free to play, I think, maybe a couple bucks, whatever yeah. it was. And instead, they take take it from the people who have paid for it for the last hundred years or whatever it was, and they give it to a private thing. It's a business yeah. that's training firefighters, which is something, I guess, that is needed. Sure it is, and I understand it, but... but like we could have made something really cool out of it. It it is a that we could all go on. Right. It is a too small of an endeavor for a piece of land that large. Because you can only use how much of it. You know what I mean? They're yeah, not using hardly any of it. No. Are they just building little buildings and then and they have buses or something shit that they can set on fire? I'm just like, guys, it's a place for them we to can, drink. We can do that somewhere else. We can build something really cool here. You got the entire town of Montgomery we could set on fire. What are we doing? <laughs> Well, really, that's what's been happening. <laughs> the fucking meth heads are burning it down. You guys are getting plenty of practice. I don't want to fucking just hear. leave my fucking Mexican <laughs> restaurant alone. Right. I don't care about it. And Frank's, <laughs> Frank's will never fall. No, I haven't been in the Chinese place of late. I don't know if it's. Uh, I've good. been there since the new people took it over, and it's fine. It's good. Sure. Um, I haven't been there in the last month or two, though. I just, I'm, I'm staying really strict on this fucking. It's pretty much keto. I mean, it's it's more low carb than it is yeah, keto. I mean, that's I, what I did. Milk. If you follow keto, you can't really drink a lot of milk. So, yeah, and I know you like your milk. Oh, dude, I fucking kill it. I'll go. I'll go home here and once we're done with this, and take a big old fucking giant slug of milk before I go to bed. Fuck yeah. Well, I'm done. I don't have anything else. Yeah, to I say. don't either. I think it's I'm. Just, I'm pretty satisfied with how this turned out. Once again. Um, we're really good at this. Yeah, yeah, we do okay. Thanks for listening, and go fuck yourselves. 
Hold on. I got to start it from the beginning. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>